Hold on to your hats. The countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join our side August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one but two days of Powerhouse Wellness featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well and You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch. As always, my champion mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. Lawrence Tam, great to hear your voice. It's been a while since you and I have been able to sit down together and record. You have actually been in Europe in between recordings. Has it been that long? Wow. It's been that long since recording. So no, you just realized that. I just realized that. Uh, and, yeah. uh, been Europe, so- stateside as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, so it's been uh, it's been an interesting three weeks. This is really nice. It's really nice to hear your voice, LT. Oh, it's great to be <laughs> great to be here. Great to be recording, and uh, great to you know um, talk about being a champion, and uh, you know, looking forward to uh, sharing our insights as we navigate through life, uh, as we do. Uh, this is like our therapy session with each other to help each other navigate through our obstacles in life, and hope that you will learn something from it too. Now, speaking of therapy. Um, I don't know if this book is therapeutic or not, or it's a really good book for falling asleep to, but at times in life, it's it's one of the most powerful books going around. I'm having my second, possibly third go at reading it, and I must say, this time I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm talking out to you about The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and for someone that has 27 tabs open on their uh, Mac at the moment, that <laughs> um, is very good at going from one thing to another and absolutely thrives on mental stimulation um, like nothing else. I, I could record this uh, podcast topic with Damien Christoph, but we'd get nowhere um, <laughs> because he'd be on Facebook or multitasking, sending emails, probably secretly on mute on another phone call right now doing all kinds of non-present things. But I thought, you know what, with the Ninja LT, surely you and I could get a little headway through our own personal therapy and maybe we could help a few people listening uh, all around the world on what it takes to live in the now, to live in the present moment and share a little bit of uh, what we both know about this topic. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's a very interesting topic and uh, I must say, and I'll fully admit to this, uh, Eckhart Tolle, um, Power of Now, um, heard so much amazing things about it like every you know oprah's been on it everybody's been raving of raving about this book for i don't know 14 15 years yeah uh fantastic book supposedly and uh <laughs> when i say supposedly 1999 yeah so yeah. ever since i was in chiropractic college uh, i've heard about this book and i have to say i i would say maybe about 10 years ago um <laughs> i think i purchased the audiobook version of it 
<laughs> and I think I got through maybe 10 minutes of, and this was, I think it was the audiobook version of where Eckhart Tolle actually speaking to me. <laughs> so I don't know if you ever heard Eckhart Tolle speak, but, uh, man, um, I couldn't go on. Uh, so I can't say I've actually gone back a second time and not, no offense to Eckhart Tolle, but if you think that I speak fast, man, Eckhart Tolle is like the opposite of me <laughs> in, in 10 times. Um, so did you it, get the audio book when you were suffering from insomnia? LT? <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Eckhart. I'm sure it's awesome stuff, right? Uh, if Oprah says it's good, it must be good. But you know, like think, think of Marcus and me or think of me, uh, instead of two times speed, you were actually going to zero point. <laughs> put it, put, put LT on 0.5 and that's Eckhart on double speed. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, so I can't really comment about the book. Uh, I know the premise of the book uh, is that it's about focusing on the present moment from my understanding. And you know what else? You know what else I have understood as the major premise of the book is that, and this has been a big thing, is that we associate ourselves with our mind so much that uh, Eckhart, and I'm just going to put this on Eckhart here rather than kind of tr- talk about this as truth, is that the mind is essentially uh, not necessary for any more than about 10% of our day and that, yes, we need the mind through our the practical parts of our day. Uh, and this is what I'm grappling with at the moment, folks. So as I say, I'm not sitting here as Eckhart right now. Please don't take me as Eckhart based on me paraphrasing parts of the book. But... Um, he talks about the mind essentially being garbage that we have identified with the mind so much and that we think if we don't have our mind, then, then who are we? Um, when I look at my 27 tabs open, this is what I mean. It's rather mind blowing in today's world where I feel like I'm using my mind, um, so much. Don't know if you feel like your mind is on overdrive LT. Well, listen, I, I think one, one thing's got to be clear. Let's, let's set the record straight. Just, just because I didn't enjoy it um, doesn't mean that n- none of you will enjoy it too. So, and second of all, I'm sure there's got to be massive um, Eckhart Tolle fans too as well. So don't be turned off by it just because we didn't. We said we haven't read it. Or oh, well, Marcus is actually reading for the third time. I'm up time. to page 55. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's a quarter of the way through the book, 55 oh, okay. of 192. Right. And you'd be proud of me, I take, because I know you're a closet bookworm. That's page 55 since Friday, and this yeah. is the power of now. This is, I mean, I feel like I'm reading almost another language in many ways. Yeah, that's so awesome, man. You're going, about a, you're going about 15 pages a day. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, is that I think with the, the power of now, I think, I, I think it's, it's really true. I think it's fantastic. I think it's really, really cool to be able to, th- um, to the concept of, of focusing now because it's, it's you know, more true now than in 1999 when the book was written uh, or, or published. Because when you think about it, our, our world has changed dramatically since 1999. You know, I remember 1999. It was, you know, we were all worried about the Y2K bug. Um, and 1999 was like, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have social media. Um, and really think about it, 1999 was only five years into the internet. Wow. Like five years. Five years into the internet age. So um, you think about the amount of distractions, connections, and the uh, amount of things that we could be focusing our minds on at this moment in time, at 2015, um, things have changed drastically. And so I think, you know, um, being present is, is, is a harder commodity to have uh, in today's age than it was back in 1999. Yeah. And I remember reading this, um, I remember hearing this business book. And uh, it was saying that 
in today's age, it says something like to this effect. It's not the exact quote, but it says in today's age, we are living in a um, more uh, overwhelmed society, a more over-communicated society than ever before. And this book was written in 1980. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, you know, 35 years ago. And uh, so you can imagine what they'd be saying now. Uh, I think that was uh, Al uh, Al Reese and Jack Trout Trout, uh, who said that. And so you can imagine like the, 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 the power of, 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 the or I think the ability of, of any of us to be able to stay focused in the present moment is becoming more and more difficult. And the sad part is the our children um, is going to have a, a way more difficult time with this um, as our technology changes and the amount of pressure for our attention uh, becomes um, more taxing on our on, on ourselves and also for our kids and for the next generation. So. I kind of, I want to kind of, I want to share some of this gold from the power of now. But I also, you just talked about children, LT, and I'm just thinking, I just want to share, and I'd love to know what you do in order to stay present, particularly with our kids, because like you just said, if we set an example to our kids, we set uh, an example essentially for future generations. And I know when Maya was born, she's five and a half, there was no iPhone. It actually was, it was just about to be released. So when Maya was born, we had the old Nokia, you know, the little Nokia phones. Um, so there was no this overstimulation or this easy access of data. Yes, the internet was up and running and on fire. This is 2010. But there was no um, mobile device where you could have so much data at your fingertips or so much knowledge and then at the same time so much uh, comparing at your fingertips. You could look on – you now you can look on Facebook and see someone's got a 1,000 um, – uh, subscribers or fans and you want to set up a Facebook page and you think, how am I going to be able to do it? You, it used to be really hard to find examples that you wanted to compare to in a negative sense. So we find it so easy now to compare. But going back to our kids, um, what what do you like to do in order to um, be present with your kids? Do you have some uh, some things that you do throughout the day that makes you feel like you're setting a great example? Yeah, you know, I think one of the key things is that, you know, I am – I'm, this is like one of my struggles. So let's, I just want to be brutally honest is that this is one of my struggle areas. This is an area of my life where, um, I'm constantly, uh, fighting the resistance. Um, you know, hate to say it's like an addiction, but we are living in a very addictive society, like a very addictive um, part of our lives where we become attached to our phone and there's so many little things that you know i saw this video yesterday um uh, and i can't remember the company um actually i did I, I do remember the company i just wasn't oh it's nature valley and it was actually from canada i think and um i saw it on, on someone passed it on facebook and they were talking and i watched the video and it was three minutes of my time but i think it was well worth it because it really highlighted on how true it is and it's, it's actually great marketing when you think about it it wasn't actually highlighting the, the product it was actually highlighting the feelings and sensations of of what our society is going through and they were talking about they asked the same question um to three different generations and the first question was, what did you like to do when you were a kid? Like, what do you, what, what's your favorite thing to do as a kid? And so they asked the a set of grandparents and the grandparents would be saying like, oh, we used to go out and picking blueberries and we go in the forest and run around and, and do all those types of things. Right. And then they would, you know, show different types of grandparents uh, doing this and then, oh, sorry, asking these questions and they asked answers, sim- similar, uh, similar answers. And then they asked the second generation, which is probably about our age, maybe, you know, uh, kids or maybe parents are a little bit older than us or just around our age. And so, you know, when I grew up, I don't know, I'll ask you this now, Marcus, what did you do when you were a kid? I was just thinking about it. I would love watching the football and then I would also love 
writing down all of the statistics of football players. So their names, their date of birth, their games played, their goals scored, where they were recruited from. Um, and I would rewrite that. You'd get it in the paper, and then I would rewrite it into my own form. It's just writing that down now. It's like I was writing my, my own football blueprint. Now I do exceptional life blueprint. I'm like, I love I love summarizing stuff. Okay. So I did. Well, yeah. One of the things that, you know, they were talking about, um, like what we did was a kid, um, you know, there was our generations also too, like we went out and played cricket or baseball or I didn't play cricket. You probably played cricket. I played yeah, baseball, yeah. um, you know, run around and, and, and do a whole bunch of things. And then they asked, you know, activities like we ride our bikes until it was dark. And when the light, when the street light came on, you knew it was, it was, it was time to go home. Yes. Um, you know, that type of thing. And where the, the little kids, like, you know, now, nowadays, they, so they interviewed, asked the same questions for the little kids. And what do they say? Oh, I love playing video games. I love going on my iPad or sending emails, oh. and and it was just you just look at that and going, wow, that's pretty true of our society, pretty much. You know, like the, as a society as a whole, that's exactly what's happening. And yeah. so because they're attaching their screen time as uh, you know, and I think it's so weird. Is all this topic is actually happening right now? I remember just happening to see a commercial saying about the addiction to screen time. Uh, just the other day on some current affairs show or some new show, right? And that's exactly what's happening right now is that, you know, we were starting to worry about the kids' um, aspect on addiction on terms of the screen time and how much time we actually spend on the screen because it's so much easier as a parent to kind of go, hey, just take the iPad. Go Mm -hmm. and just uh, watch the movie or, you know, go and play a game while mommy and daddy does whatever. And honestly, I caught myself doing, we, we did that for maybe when the kids were around like two years, we didn't let them really watch screen time before two. So, uh, maybe about a year and a half, two years to about, you know, four years, like, you know, around that, the, the age groups. Yeah. And I remember one time we're just saying, going like, what are we doing? Right. Yes. Is it easier? Yes, it is. Right. Does it mean that you shouldn't ever do it? No, I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm suggesting that we stop because it's become so easy that we forget that we're doing it. And we yeah, and we don't like it. This is this is awesome conversation. We it becomes so easy that we are always looking for the things to do that are easy whereas 10 years ago we didn't actually have that easy option. We'd have to do what was hard. We'd have to suck it up and be with the kids or they would have to do whatever it was with us whether it was making dinner or yeah, getting or ready playing to play the piano, right? The car or, <laughs> Can you hear the kids playing the piano? Yeah, yeah well, that was just fantastic, right? So that, yeah. that's exactly the thought. You know, when when we recognize, I mean, me as a chiropractor, I know the, the neurological stuff that's happening to the body when they're watching TV. And, you know, but it was just like, it was so hard. It was hard raising kids and and, and doing this, the things that we needed to get done. And it was until it was not until when we started to realize that Christian, our youngest, well, uh, when he was about two, like every time he watched, you know, actually both, they would be lethargic. They would be cranky. Yeah cranky as and um they would just be like fighting like very like they would just fight with us they wouldn't you know afterwards just and they would be in the worst moods um after watching television and i'm telling you they don't even watch that much right it's just like we're talking a little bit like half an hour maybe and they would just be in that state and we're like you know what we recognize that and we say we can't do this and we we like just cold turkey boom and we said no more. And I think we allowed them to have, we, then we designed, we designed movie night and yep. which was on a Friday night and that's it. That's pretty much only screen time they would get in the whole entire week. Just one movie at the end of 
the week. The and uh, and that's sort of where we went. Now on holidays are a little bit different. You know, when you get on, you have to get on a 10 hour plane ride. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah. That's completely different. You know, when we're on holidays, um, you know, they, that's why they kind of crave just being in the room sometimes just watch out because they don't get it at home. Um, so it's fine. Like, you know, when they're sick last week, like, you know, that, that happens. I get it. But what I'm going to say, I really do notice because that's what happened. Like we went from a week on holiday and then we had one week of like, they were just completely sick. The whole family was, you know, these, these, these behavior starts coming back. You know, and that's exactly what happens. We become, our brains kind of shut down. Now, I'm not sure how this topic relates to power now, but I think it's about being distracted by our current situation, by these technologies. So one of the rules, going back to your question, question I want to answer that. Your yeah. question was, you know, what do I, some of the things, what are the rules? Well, one of the rules is that we have the movie night. So one movie night a week, and that's the time that they watch television. Okay. And now instead of like, go watch your iPad or go watch the television, go play with your toys. Like go go and play yeah. and or create a game or go go and you know what else they'll go play something. with each other. Just yeah. go find a caterpillar in a garden and go play with each other. That's the other thing I've noticed. Without the screen time, is kids they they will play with each other more. Yeah, they, exactly. Themselves. Exactly. Yeah, sure. They, they they will arc up about it the first week you do it because they're so used to the other stuff, right? They're so used to being told or how to play with themselves, you know, with other things, but they don't know how to play with each other or by themselves and be creative and draw and, and make stuff. And, but when they actually do, it's amazing. I love it. I love it when Kaya and Christian decides to, to make up a game, you know, and yeah. Kaya makes up a game and Christian's playing along with it. It's awesome to be able to see that and how creative they can get, but they're not going to be very creative when they're actually just allowing, um, sitting in passively for television to tell them what to do or how to think. Um, and the other thing too that we've really caught it, caught up uh, with each other on, um, with me and my wife is, um, no screen time while we eat dinner, like yeah. when, when, when we're at dinner time. And, um, and it's hard when you run your own business. It's like, you know, sometimes you got to answer phone calls. It's like, just, just turn it off, flip it over and just, just really like literally just put it away. And sometimes we, we kind of sneak it in or guilty. And it's like, you know, we just got to remind each other without telling each other off. It's just sort of like, Hey, you know, Karen or, yeah. you know, Lawrence, could you, you know, just, and just one word is like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just got to put it yeah, away. Cause you know, you've already made that agreement. Yeah, exactly. So it's an agreement right off the bat, uh, right off the front between the two of you uh, to say, you know, none of that. And, but there's no different than when we go on, on, um, in a, in, in, uh, in a cafe with me and your friends, you know, one of the key things that I do is, is, is to kind of just remove phones away from us. Like it's, it's, it, it, it shouldn't, it, it, whether it rings or not, I don't even look at it. You know, um, I, I do my best. And sometimes like, depending if I'm away, then I typically will look at it just to see if it's my wife, you know, if it's an important yeah. call, if it's anybody yeah. else other than my wife, I t it's, it's not a no, it's a no go zone. I'm not even going to answer that. But we were brought up that way as well. I'll tell you, like, don't you find this is the interesting thing. Like you and I were probably brought up that, if the phone rings, you know, when you're having dinner, like it's not a high priority. The family dinner is more important than the phone ringing when it was on the hook and it had the, the circular dial and everything back in the old days. Whereas now, like you say, because of the constant connection world that we live in, um, we're having sacred moments with other people and the phone rings and it's, it's, it's almost uh, people don't bat an eyelid by taking the call. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very tempting, right? Because we have the ability, like you said, you have 27 screens open. I don't know how you possibly can even do that and know <laughs> what screens with which. But I mean, with multiple windows open um, or even just being on this podcast, for example, right? Um, easily, easily you could be, you know, I'm talking and uh, you could easily be going on looking at something else or reading an email. Easily. 
And I'm oh, very difficult for me, mate. I can't do more than one thing at a time. I'm looking at a pen (laughs) and talking to you. All right. So, but, (laughs) but, you know, some people can do it. And I'm, I, frankly, I've, I've done so many podcasts now, you know, and, uh, and in the early days, for sure, when we're interviewing something, someone, um, I've definitely, because there's three of us, especially on the Wellness Guy show, um, that I don't have to pay attention to every single question. And I have gotten, been caught up once. I'm going, oh my God, did, did Damien already ask that question? Or did Brad? Because yeah. I was focused on something else, on another priority. And I made a conscious effort to myself that now, whenever I record, I shut everything down. Like everything is not in my viewer's sight, or I, you know, create a black screen so that I can really stay focused on the person I'm interviewing yeah. um, or on the conversation because really, they're important. I mean, they sacrifice their time for the podcast. Absolutely. And, um, and I'm, I'm trying to give my, and I'm trying to think of the next question that the next logical question that will be, you know, best that the listeners can get. And like I said, I want to be honest about this because, you know, we're not perfect and we, you know, and I want to be truthful about that. And I recognize that within myself and how, how bad that is, uh, you know, and disrespectful really to the interviewee and, um, and, and to you guys as the listeners as well. But like you said, this is this is every human being, whether it's um, Karen or the kids at the dinner table, whether it's someone uh, we catch up with for a coffee or a meal, like any social environment, really. Like, And I always talk about Dale Carnegie's course and the book that he wrote, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That book is more important today than at any other time in human history. And I'm sure that's, that is said every single decade. But to be, I suppose, present, and we're kind of going in a few different directions here, but we're kind of coming back to this notion of presence. If we're going to be present with ourselves and with others, it's so important to just remove all distractions and listen to whoever it is that's talking. And we're such a better version of ourselves. Like I'm sure you find that you're a better interviewee, a better co-host, a better husband, a better dad, when you remove all distractions and you're focusing your attention on that individual. Well, it's actually becoming more productive too when you actually turn off all those, turn off all the notifications and all the things that come up. Because I recognize, like I honestly, this is, I mean, this is a, a struggle that I've been dealing with for quite some time. Even though I teach other people about this, and and recently I just realized that I'm getting so distracted um, by incoming messages and Facebook messages and you know notifications that really does not serve my purpose. And every time. Right, every time one of those notifications comes through, it pulls my focus away from what I need to do, even if it's for a split second. But that split second takes me now more time to on back ramp onto what I was thinking than it does if I just turned it off completely. And that's why I like being away. I like going to a cafe somewhere and focus so that no one can get a hold of me when I once I turn that phone off or at least turn off the notification off or do not disturb. And it's so, I don't you know, and sometimes it's great to work from home, but sometimes it's also very distracting, you know, especially when Christian just comes in, in the middle of a podcast, there's been several podcasts or even videos when I'm actually recording, he comes in the room, but he's short <laughs> enough that he's outside the screen, like he's literally on, like pulling on me and like, but he knows not to say anything. So he's trying yeah. to like, you know, the, like he's trying to voice and signal what he's trying to say when it's just ramble, like it's babble. <laughs> and I'm just looking at him going, but I can't really do anything to tell him to stop because I'm actually videoing. I really don't want to redo this take because it's been like 10 minutes in. You know, It's been classic videos where I'm there, I'm like just trying to stay on point, stay on point. And he's like <laughs> tapping, in my, tapping in my thigh like, daddy, daddy, 
Like, listen to me. I just want to tell you something. Dinner's ready. You know, it's like, shh, shh, go away. I'm like, one hand, I'm pushing him aside. Anyways, so it's like trying to be focused. Like, there's nothing like to be on the present moment when, you know, you're on camera or you're on, you're on, on the show or, you know. Um, and anyways, uh, so I, I don't know where I was going with that. The main thing, though, I think is it, it is very, very, uh, from a productive point of view, you have to stay on focus. You have to be in the present moment. Now, I will flip it around a little bit because we had about eight minutes left. I'll flip it around a bit. Do you think, though, well, I have an opinion on this, do you think it's good to stay in the present moment all the time? I don't actually, I, I mean, I might sound very, uh, I just don't think you can do it. I, I don't think, uh, personally, I love, I love nothing more on a Friday night to switch off and uh, watch the footy, and I feel very present with the football. <laughs> um, so uh, it, dep- it depends on what the on what the uh, what the uh, definition of present is. But just as you said that, here I am. I'm looking at the power of now, and I'm answering the question at the same time. So I don't necessarily think that I'm being necessarily present because i'm looking at this power of now book and then i'm i'm talking to you and i'm already can sense that you know that split so no i is it did you well, say is it good no, or no. Is, is it good like whether it's possible or not i'm saying like if if the the power is to kind of stay in present moment all the time like do you think it's a good idea to stay in present moment all the time i have to ask you like how do you define present moment well just to be present with whatever you're doing all the time so, so you don't okay, think about the fact you don't I mean to me being present means that you're not thinking about the future you're not thinking about the past you're thinking about the now and appreciation of the now right and I'm yeah. I'm pre- I'm maybe yeah. a couple well, I haven't read the book so I can't no, really you don't have to, but everyone's but, definition doesn't matter what yeah. what it is to you that that's that's but fine like, me, yeah. you know, to me about being present is is to be in the moment and live for the moment that, that I'm, I believe that's the premise of the book is to be kind of yeah. live in the moment, right? To live in the moment, and appreciate the moment because the future hasn't happened and the past has already passed and yeah. you can't do anything about it. So living in the moment is all you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think yeah. living in the present is really cool because living in the present means that you get to experience life for what it is. Um, and more importantly, it, for whatever uh, emotions that comes along with it, because living life is not about being happy all the time. Living Absolutely. life is about being happy, sad, fearful, angry, um, also joyful, because it, that's the vast, all the emotions that's going through. I love the, the classic movie, the not the classic movie, the uh, new Disney movie, Inside Out, because it's like all the emotions are within us. It's about appreciating every single emotion, which is what Martini talks about, which I love. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think it's, I think it's not necessary. I don't, I don't think so. It's necessary to be in the present moment all the time. I think the heart. I think the reason why power now is 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 um, uh, such a powerful thing is because it's very difficult to do so. Where most people don't live in the present moments, because uh, I think I don't know what the stat is, but I think like you know someone said, uh, I, I, don't quote me on the stat, but it's a high stat. Say seventy or eighty percent of what we think about each day is actually things of that that it's already been in the past. Yeah, like it's the same thoughts that we had yesterday and the yesterday yeah. and the day before and the day before that, and so basically we're just living in the past the whole time. And we never actually live in the present moment. And that's and that's a really sad state of affairs. However, I think it's important that we actually think about the past once in a while. Absolutely. Right? And that's the thing. Like if you, if someone if someone like uh passes away, you're going to think about all of the the moments of that person's life. So you're going to go back and think about the past. Mm. And I think it's also important. It's just just as I think it's more important to think about the future because that's the future that creates and you want to create and that pose you towards it. Um, I mean, for me, 
I'm a person that doesn't really live in the past at all. Like I don't live in the past very much because I, I don't remember my past. Like I don't, like I, I just move on. Like you See, know, like me, I always tell my sisters, I don't really remember much of my childhood. They're like, do you remember this? And do you remember going there? I'm like, yeah, I have no memory of my childhood. Like, it's, oh, you're it's, too. it's such you're a weird thing. Place. But my wife can remember when she was like three years, two years old or three years old. And she can remember like every little detail that has happened in the past and everything I ever did wrong, right? So <laughs> she lives in the past a lot. And I, where I'm a complete opposite, I live in the future. I remember yeah. when we first came to Australia, all I ever wanted, because before kids and, you know, conversation, it was like, I was always talking about the future. I was talking about like, what are we going to do? What are our goals? What our aims are? And, da, da, da. and she was so bored with me. I'm like, honestly, come on, stop talking about the future. And, but I was always in the, living in the future moment all the time. But I think That's it's hilarious. I think it's really important. Everybody's different. Every some you, yeah. But I would I would I would actually agree on like just even as just on a Sarah front. So I feel like you're saying that Karen. I'm going to say Sarah would try and pull you back from uh, future to now, and we would try and pull our wives back from past, pull them up. To yeah. Now. Yeah. It's a balance. It's the it's the balance of the relationship. It's incredible. Yeah. And there's always balance if you see it. And so that's, that's the nature of our relationship. And I'm not saying one, one is right or or wrong. It's just that I choose to live in the future more so. And that's why, you know, like people ask me, like, are you still mad at me? I'm like, well, I've forgotten about it. Like we dealt with it and then it's gone. Let's move forward. Like, you know, it's, it's over. And I don't even remember what all the, you know, unless it was like something traumatic, like you really screwed me over or something, then I always remember that. But it's like, but I'm not going to be bothered by it. I don't carry for it. I learned some of my lesson. I move on from it. You know, so it's it's really important to kind of distinct uh, have a distinction about um, living in the present moment. I think it's it's, it's a great uh, theory, and I think it's really important to to aim and strive for it because it's probably the commodity that we lack most. Um, but I think still it's very important for us to think in the future. I can personally, I add a very juicy juicy bit of the power of now exactly on this topic. Sure. All right, so everyone listening, if you've got a pen and paper, or if you're on your phone, punch in this into your notes. If you're living in the past, it's likely that you're experiencing unease, anxiety, tension. Oh no, sorry, this is future. If you're living, if you've got too much future in your mind, it's unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry. They're all forms of fear, as Eckhart Tolle talks about. They're caused by too much future. Oh, there might be a bit of tears there. Apologies if everyone can hear me. I'm losing it there. Um, and not enough presence. If you're living in the past, you've got guilt, regret resentment, grievances, sadness, bitterness, and all forms of non-forgiveness. That's too much past. So you can have a look at that list and go, all right, what am I generally feeling on a daily basis? And if you're Mm. feeling any of those emotions, you generally know if you're living more in the past or in the uh, future. And if you're not feeling many of them, then you could be, I reckon you could be pretty clear that you're living mostly um, in the present moment. Mm, Maybe. And the present moment could be reality, which could also be scary for some. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, honestly, I think you're you're absolutely right, though, when you think about uh, the things that we're actually worried about, like so that the future thing, like we're, when we're worried about in the present in the present moment, we're worried about um, you know something that that hasn't happened. Typically, you are comparing yourself in the future. You're living in the future, which is what you know Eckhart Tolle is saying, which is the proper way like it's it's i think it's exactly right and i uh, i think it's really important for us to find the time and, and 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 this is the critical thing here though that this is practice mm-hmm. like this is is not like okay i'm gonna as of now i'm gonna think of i'm gonna live in the present 
it's not going to work that way. It's like it's like riding a bicycle, <laughs> or it's like learning how to walk for the first time, or um, uh, writing with you know writing with your left hand instead of your right hand, or you know your non dominant hand. It, it's just one of those things that you got to recognize that this is a state of mind and it's a state of practice and it's a continual practice, and uh, it would probably take mastery to develop to that moment of time uh, to to get that skill. Yeah, big time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, I hope uh, that uh, by the next podcast, um, you have got to page 100 and you could have said well, that I'll at least. Uh, I'll be finished. By the next podcast, you know what? The next podcast will be two days before the Wellness Summit. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. So when people are listening to this, it'll be about two and a half weeks to the summit. I uh, can't wait to see you there, LT, because I don't get to see you much these days. I get to see you in Melbourne. Um, and I would just got to give everyone a plug if you want to come and join us, thewellnesssummit.com. But yeah, the next one that comes out after this will be just a couple of days beforehand. You should, I mean, honestly, it's one of the best things um, going around right now in terms of Wellness Summit. You get to hear a whole bunch of speakers, um, and it's not just the speakers, it's the community that you form and the community that the people that you meet and, uh, and the tribe. It's it's the people that you want to hang out with, and it's because people have a focused um, mindset and they all are very similar to you and who listen to these podcasts. And I also want to give a shout out, first of all, to all the people who actually told me about Inside Champions Mind. I actually had a lot of people that I've been talking to. Um, especially chiropractors too in in the coaching world too as well they've just been saying that they've been listening to my podcast and one of the one of the shows they listen to is Inside Champions Mind. So I, I, you know, I want to say thank you to everybody who listens to the show and, uh, and, and also send us feedback that you are listening and uh, getting a lot of values out of it. And a lot of people are actually listening to it, not for the first time, but second time and a third time and going right back to, you know, the beginning episodes and starting from scratch. And, uh, and Damien Kristoff, let's give you a shout out for uh, yeah. uh, saying that you've gone back to episode 13 and start from there and all the way back and uh, getting a lot of insights. And he's actually making some changes too, which is awesome to have a, you know, one of my best friends to be able to say, hey, I'm listening to your stuff and I'm drinking some changes. So it's pretty cool. Nice work, everybody. Thanks for your support. Guys, like I said, hope you can join us at the Wellness Summit. If you're in Melbourne, there is no excuse for you to come. I'd uh, love for you to come out and uh, come to join us at the Wellness Summit, thewellnesssummit.com. If you're listening to this, please make it there and say hello to Marcus and I. We'll be around the whole entire weekend and, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, give each other a hug and have a chat and let's talk. And, uh, and it would just be a great, great, fantastic event. Come to, uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash inside champions mind. Leave a comment there when you get a chance. Like us there while you're there. Um, you know, let's, if, let's see if we can get more people listening to inside champions mind. Love for you them to direct them to the wellnesscouch.com and subscribe to us on iTunes. The more reviews that you give us, uh, the more ratings that you give us, or even just giving us a, a, some sort of review or some sort, uh, will help us in the ranking and actually get more exposure to the people who need to listen to these type of podcasts. This is Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome your doctor in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam. He's Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.